Uh, take your Bible, please. Uh, psalm 43 tonight. Psalm 43 is a short psalm. It's, it's five short verses. Uh, that's where we'll be tonight. Psalm uh, 43. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you should be able to find a Bible uh, in the pew uh, there or in a pew nearby. Not sure uh, where the Psalms are. Find them uh, toward the middle of the Bible. And if there's any difficulty, uh, the table of contents is your friend. Amen? Uh, table of contents is your friend. Psalm, Psalm number 43 tonight. I can't, I can't get there. Pray for the pastor, please. Pray for the pastor. Psalm 43. Uh, Psalm 43, the, um, the writer uh, is not identified. Brother Art, I read today that there's a Jewish custom that if the writer is not identified, it's usually the writer who's last identified. That's a custom. Um, may, maybe that's the case. Uh, the Lord has not seen fit to identify the writer of Psalm 43. Zach, it's probably David. The context fits David. And that's always a good guess in the Psalms, right? It's, it's always a good sense, uh, guess. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter, Brother Ray, because what matters is that it's God's words, right? It's, it's God's words. Uh, someone told me this morning that they, they took a, an online uh, Bible course recently. I won't tell you who it was or, or what school it was, but the instructor of the course was teaching that the Word of God is um, inspired no differently than Rich, if, if you were inspired to sit down and write a poem, but you, know, you saw something beautiful, something lovely, and that inspired you, the beauty of some observation inspired you to sit down and, and write a poem, uh, this man's assertion uh, in, in a Bible college course was that the, the, the writers of Scripture were inspired no differently than that, that it, Brother Ray, it's, it's not by divine uh, inspiration at all. It's just the product of, of human imagination. Uh, that's false. Amen. Uh, the Bible clearly states that it is given by inspiration. Uh, the Bible uh, clearly states that the writers of the Old Testament wrote under inspiration. Uh, New Testament writers clearly state that they wrote under inspiration, that the Lord gave the words uh, and they penned them down. And so, um, praise God for the privilege to open up a Bible. Brother Ray, in our King James Bible, I'm confident that we can say we have an accurate translation of all the inspired and preserved words of God. And so uh, we're grateful tonight that we can open our Bible and know that, hey, these are God's words uh, accurately translated uh, for us. Uh, it'd be interesting to know for sure who the, the, the penman was. In this case, Lord has not seen fit to, uh, to tell us, but that's okay. They are God's words. They are God's words. Uh, I'm going to read through the psalm tonight, give you a title. We'll make some observations, let you sit tonight. It's been a long day, amen. Uh, psalm 43, beginning in verse 1, the psalmist uh, writes, Judge me. He's praying. Judge me, O God. Plead my case, forgive me, plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. It sounds like David, doesn't it? Uh, verse 2, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send me out thy light. Send me out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God. Unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? This will sound familiar from last week. And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and, what are the last two words, church? My God. Aren't you glad tonight the Lord is your God? Aren't you glad tonight as we looked at this morning? He's the only God. Uh, he's the only God that is. He is the God that is. He's our creator. He's our sustainer. 
the Lord God had sent for, Father sent forth Jesus Christ, his son, uh, to die in our place on that cross at Calvary, uh, to pay the price for our sins. Uh, he died, he was buried, he rose again on the third day, just exactly as he said he would, uh, proving who he is, proving that God was satisfied with his, God the Father was sacrificed, let me try that again. God the Father was satisfied, there we go, with the sacrifice of his only begotten son, Brother Ray, his blood sacrifice upon the cross. And uh, we can understand from the word of God tonight, the inspired words of God, that uh, if we would repent, if we would turn from sin, turn from trusting in anything but Christ, turn to him and place our faith in him, you could be forgiven. It's not a can be, it's a will be. Uh, you will be forgiven. You will be saved. Uh, you, you will be indwelt by the Holy Spirit, uh, God himself. Uh, you will have a new life in Christ. All the promises that we've been looking at uh, on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and the 10 o'clock Sunday school hour become promises to you. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, tonight, if you can say, hey, I know that I've placed my faith in Christ for forgiveness of my sin, you can say tonight, he's my God. Uh, not, not just the God of that person over there, the God of those people in that, he's, he's, he's my God. I have received the free gift of salvation made possible by Christ and the cross, and, and now I can confidently say I've been added to the family of God. He's my God. That's a great privilege, amen? Brother Art, that's the Lord's desire, of course, but it's also a wonderful, amazing privilege uh, to know Christ as our Savior and to be able to enter into a relationship with God the Father through salvation in Christ the Savior. Uh, if you've made that decision tonight, you confidently say with, with the psalmist, the Lord is my God, and, and be very, very encouraged uh, by that tonight. Listen, if you're not sure about that tonight, we'd love to be able to help you. Uh, sit down with you before you leave tonight, spend some time in the Bible, just a few minutes uh, showing you uh, why we believe Christ is, is the only way to, to be forgiven. Uh, he's the only way to have a relationship with God the Father. He's the only way to escape a very real hell. And uh, that uh, no good works are going to earn forgiveness uh, simple, humble repentance and faith in Christ is, is it. It's the only thing. Mike, that's not the kind of religion that man would make up. We, we make it all about us, right? I've got to do something to earn my way, to earn my keep. That's not the way that God designed. He designed grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, praise God. Uh, tonight, um, I meant to give you the title before, forgive me. Uh, tonight here we see the psalmist who calls the Lord his God. Uh, he prays to his God. To give you a title tonight, we see here tonight the power of prayer in times of trouble. Write that down if you're taking notes tonight, please. I always encourage you to. Uh, the psalmist tonight, he's, he's praying uh, to the Lord, in his God, uh, our God, in a time of trouble. We see here tonight the power uh, of prayer uh, in times of trouble. I can't remember if I prayed or not. I'm going to pray right now. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, tonight for these thy words. Lord, thank you tonight that each and every one of us who has repented of sin and placed our faith in Christ, we can say confidently tonight, you are our God. Lord, thank you tonight for that wonderful confidence that, that we may have in you. Lord, I thank you tonight. There's nothing I can do to earn my salvation. You've shown us clearly uh, in your word that it's available to us as a, a gift that's free to us uh, by grace through faith alone. Lord, thank you. Father, I understand tonight that you are uh, actively at work in the lives of your people and the lives of those who've come to Christ for salvation. Uh, Lord, you're working in our lives. You're strengthening us. You're providing for us. You're, you're growing us. Lord, tonight we understand that you use trials uh, to grow us. You allow difficulties in our life, uh, sometimes to get our attention, to save us, but uh, beyond salvation, to grow us. Lord, I thank you tonight that you know exactly what it takes to grow each of us. You know when a trial is required to grow us uh, or to correct us. Father, I thank you tonight that you can see that. Uh, you know 
perfectly well what it takes uh, to reach us, to save us, and to correct us and grow us. Lord, I understand tonight that the, the writer of this psalm, probably David, we don't know, um, was going through a trial. And Lord, we may observe tonight that while he was struggling with that trial, um, he had the, the wisdom uh, to pray, to seek you. Lord, I pray tonight that we'd be reminded of this simple idea. Lord, when there's a trial, to pray to seek you for all that we need. I pray, Lord, tonight that uh, this simple, short psalm would be a great, great encouragement to us tonight. Lord, teach us, instruct us, uh, and encourage us in, in this simple idea. When there's a trial, we need to be people of prayer. Lord, thank you tonight that because of Christ, we may come boldly, confidently to thy throne, uh, praying and um, knowing that you hear and answer in the very best way. Help me now. Uh, I need that. Thank you for it, Lord. I ask you to work here in just these few minutes. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, look with me here tonight, Psalm 43, verse 1 again. I'll give you... Uh, kind of three main points tonight, some some subpoints, uh, some subpoints. Number one tonight, the psalmist cries to God in prayer. <laughs> he cries out to God, brother Ray, in a time of trouble. He, he you heard it already. He cried out to the Lord. He was obviously going through a big trial, uh, and he's obviously crying out to the Lord. If we take nothing else away tonight, get that down. Uh, in a time of great trial, the psalmist cried out to the Lord. Uh, in prayer, we see this in the first several verses here. Uh, he prays, uh, he prays, pleading uh, with God to be delivered from an enemy, whoever the enemy was. Uh, verse one, he says, "Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation." Uh, there was there was some uh, enemy coming um, against the psalmist. Certainly, uh, we could point to David and different points in, in Bible history where he might have had occasion uh, to pray this exact prayer. It could, of course, be uh, someone else, but we, we know that it, it certainly fits the life of David at many points uh, in his life. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. He says, Oh, deliver me from the deceitful uh, and unjust man. We don't know who it was exactly, but... Uh, there's an enemy in view here, someone who is causing David uh, a, great, uh, a great trial. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question tonight. How much deceit is there in the world today? Uh, he uses that word deceitful in his prayer. Um, the, people are so deceived today. Uh, how, what's, what's your best hope for escaping this sort of sea of deceit that we're, we're all swimming in? By the way, do you agree the world is very deceived tonight? Uh, pe people have been deceived. They've been turned from the truth uh, and deceived by uh, a whole series of lies. You see those lies active in the world today. People have rejected truth, uh, taken away truth, and and. and you know, it's, it's the kind of thing, Brother Ray, where you, you push water away from one place, something else will rush in and fill its place, right? You, you push truth uh, out of your life, something else will rush in uh, and, and fill that place. Deceitful lies, of course, will. And uh, a very real spiritual enemy with whom we are engaged in spiritual battle tonight uh, is the author of lies and, and is the great deceiver and, and behind much of the deceit that, that we see in the world today. Uh, the injustice that uh, also characterized the, the psalmist's enemy certainly characterizes uh, the lost world today. Uh, and so we'll say the psalmist, I'm tempted to say David, but we'll say the psalmist, he prays very specifically, uh, oh, deliver me, oh, Lord. And you just hear the, uh, the, the, the pain and, and the intensity in his voice, right? Oh, deliver me, Lord, from the deceitful and unjust man. He prays, uh, if trial, then pray. Uh, I reminded one of our folks this morning that, um, you know, trials are, uh, trials kind of like a, an idiot light in, in the car, Brother Mike. Uh, if, if there's a trial, very often it's because the Lord's trying to correct us, right? 
Uh, we also said this morning in private conversation, if there's anxiety, that's kind of like an idiot light on the dashboard of the car too, right? Uh, if there's anxiety, there, there's an indication there, usually in the face of a trial, a trial with anxiety, right? Usually an indication, hey, if I'm anxious about some trial that I'm experiencing, that ought to prompt prayer. You know, if, if the light goes on on the dashboard, it's, it's prompting you to do something. Go and get that checked out. Uh, if there's a trial and anxiety, that's prompt to do something too. Uh, and the Lord is showing us here tonight, again, the simple, it's a prompt to pray. Uh, a trial, whether there's anxiety or not, that is, follows it, is, is uh, a prompt to pray. See here in the midst of this trial, uh, as the, the psalmist prays, uh, he acknowledges, he, he prays, and there's a degree of worship in his prayer, Brother Ray. Uh, he begins to, to pray and to acknowledge that God is the source of his strength. Uh, you, ever, you ever go through a trial and, and you get to a point where you feel like, hey, I don't have the strength to go on anymore. You ever been there? You, you get to a place where you, you, you just feel like, hey, in, in my own strength, my own, my own strength is used up. I, I don't know how much further I can go. You, you've probably been there, um, but you can, you can call out to the Lord. Hey, Lord, you know where I am, uh, but Lord, you're, you are the God of my strength. I know I can find strength in you uh, to go on. Of course, uh, Paul recognized that in the, in the course of his own physical trials in, in the New Testament during his ministry. Uh, he prayed the Lord would take away his physical trial. Uh, the Lord said, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Paul understood the Lord had purposes for that. Keeping him humble was a specific purpose the Lord had. Uh, the Lord said, hey, listen, I, no matter what, you, you can count on my grace and it will be enough. It will be sufficient uh, for you. Uh, I think the psalmist um, understood that uh, same idea uh, in his day. And so verse 2, he, he prays, for thou art the God of my strength. Uh, it wouldn't make sense to pray to a God who's not a strong God, who can answer your prayer. Uh, but the psalmist is, is praying to the Lord. Uh, certainly what's implied here is that he, he recognizes that he needs strength to go on uh, to continue in his trial, and he recognizes the Lord is the God of his strength, the source, Brother Mike, uh, of his strength. Make a couple notes, if you would. Earlier on, uh, Psalm 27, verse 1, David wrote, and that, that's titled the Psalm of David. Um, tonight, if you're visiting or you've not heard this before in our church, we look at the Psalms, and in the title, it'll say a Psalm of David. That's actually part of the scripture. The, the titles are part of the inspired uh, Hebrew text. It's, it gets translated um, straight into the English. Psalm 27, verse 1 is titled Psalm of David. David writes there, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Uh, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? That's a good one to memorize, right? If you, if you don't have that one memorized, uh, Psalm 27, 1 is a wonderful verse to memorize. Uh, Psalm 27 and verse 8, David also writes, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Now, that's not a, that's not a prayer there, Brother Art. He's just stating truth. He's teaching truth that the Lord has revealed to him and stating it for our instruction and our encouragement. Brother Ray, praise God tonight, the Lord is our strength, and uh, his strength doesn't run out, right? It's, it's an unlimited pool of, of strength. Uh, the, the Lord is omnipotent. His strength, uh, his power, it, it is unlimited, and it is available to us. Uh, the psalmist writes in our passage tonight, for thou art the God uh, of my strength. Think about this also. Uh, assuming this is David writing, uh, what would be some of the, the, the chapters, or forgive me, some of the books of scripture that would have been available to David uh, in his day? So, you know, David would have had Zach, whatever he penned down, right? And, and presumably understood that that's scripture, that's given uh, by the Lord through me, through my pen. Well, think about some of the other, what, what would be David's Bible? He didn't have 66 books, did he? Certainly didn't have uh, any of the New Testament yet. Uh, he would not have had all of the Old Testament yet, uh, but he would have had the Pentateuch, right? He would have had the first five books. Would you turn over to 
of Exodus 15. Uh, Genesis, then Exodus, Exodus 15. Um, Zach, Exodus 15 is um, the first 19 or so verses there um, is the, what's called the, the Song of Moses, right? This is this uh, wonderful song of, of praise or, or hymn of worship, if you prefer, where people have been brought out of Egypt, right? It's the major theme or event of Exodus. Uh, people had been in Egypt. The Lord brings them out of Egypt into the wilderness. He's brought them through the Red Sea, uh, protected them from uh, Pharaoh's armies. Uh, and so Moses is, is moved, no doubt moved by the Lord to, uh, to sing out this great song uh, of praise. Are you there in Exodus 15? Is that where you are? Uh, then saying Moses, um, Moses is the penman, of course, but uh, he writes of himself in the third person. Then saying Moses uh, and the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously uh, and the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Look at verse two, please. He writes, the Lord is, what are the next two words? My strength. Uh, and song. He's recognizing that God is a strong God. That's, there's no question. They've seen the power of God. They've seen uh, what the Lord did in Egypt to cause Pharaoh to ultimately let the people go. Uh, they've seen a lot. They've seen numerous demonstrations of God's power and, and his strength. So there's no question that the Lord is powerful uh, in, in the hearts or minds of, of Moses and, and the children of Israel. Uh, but verse 2, he, he makes it personal like, like the psalmist did uh, in Psalm 43. He says, the Lord is my strength and song, my song. He's my God and he's my strength. Brother Ray, he, he's not just a strong God. He's a God of unlimited power. He's our God and he's our strength. That's a very personal thing. Tonight, if, if you know Christ as your Savior, as we opened up and said tonight, you can say, hey, he, he's my God. He is my God. Uh, and you can also say, he's my strength. I don't have to uh, do what I can to get by on my own strength, which fails me. Uh, you can say, hey, uh, the Lord who is omnipotent, he's my God and he's my strength. Uh, there in Exodus 15, still the Lord is my strength and song. He's become my salvation, the one who delivered them from the trial uh, of Egypt. He is my God, uh, and I will prepare him an ha uh, habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. He goes on and, and, and just rehearses so much of what the Lord has done for them. Uh, and, and certainly this, this is praise, this is worship, this is encouragement. Uh, to the Lord and to his people. Verse three, I have to read a little bit more here while we're here. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host, his army, has he cast into the sea. Uh, his chosen captains also are drowned uh, in the Red Sea. Is that what your Bible says? Is that what it says? Yeah, that's what it says. Uh, the depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom. Uh, verse six, thy right hand, uh, poetic language, a picture of strength, right? Thy, thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces uh, the enemies. Is that what your Bible says? Uh, that's what the Bible says. This is a wonderful celebration of the Lord's strength that he demonstrated to his people uh, on their behalf. Look at verse 7. In the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them uh, as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap. The depths were congealed in, in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. Pharaoh's armies came out after the people uh, as they were coming out of Egypt. I will overtake. Uh, the Lord said, no, <laughs> my hand shall destroy them. End of verse 9. Verse 10, Moses continues, uh, speaking uh, not of the Lord now, but to him. Thou didst blow with thy wind, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. And then he asks the question in verse 11, who is, un, who is like unto thee, O Lord, amongst the gods? Among the gods, 
Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, a picture of power. The earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them uh, in thy, what is it? Strength unto thy holy habitation. Uh, a wonderful celebration of the Lord's strength exercised on behalf of his people uh, as they came out of Egypt uh, so many years ago. Uh, Brother Rich, I don't question for a moment tonight the idea that the Lord is still exercising his strength just as powerfully on behalf of his people tonight. Uh, maybe we're not um, being held in Egypt, needing to be delivered from Egypt through the Red Sea, but we have real trials tonight, don't we? Uh, we have a real need for his strength tonight, and, and no doubt tonight, uh, Brother Mike, the same God who has the same strength, not diminished one bit, uh, he's available to us. He's our God as he was the God of Moses. He's our strength as he was uh, for Moses. Um, he's the strength of the psalmist. Go back to Psalm 43, if you would, please. Uh, Psalm 43, he's the, he was the strength of the psalmist in his day as he faced a trial. And so naturally he cries out to the Lord, for thou art the God of my strength. Lord, give us this same heart when there's a trial to cry out for, uh, for deliverance and to cry out for your strength uh, to endure the trial. Now see the second part of verse two, the psalmist is still praying. He's still praying. He says this, Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Um, what's the idea? He's wondering, why am I going through this trial? He says, Lord, I, I know you're the one who can deliver me from this trial, but why is it that I'm going through it in the first place? Brother Gary, people struggle with that all the time, right? That why, you know, I'm, I'm doing right. I'm, I, I know Christ as my Savior. I'm in church. I'm serving. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why am I going through a trial? There's temptation sometimes to wonder or to allow yourself to be discouraged by trials. I'm doing what I should be doing. Why, why am I suffering? Did Christ come doing what he was called to come and do, Zach? He did. Did he suffer? He did. And there was a great purpose for that suffering, wasn't there? There was a great purpose. I want to stop and think tonight and just be, just be reminded, please. Just be reminded tonight, the Lord has great purposes when he allows trials. Uh, just be reminded. I know we know that tonight, but let's be reminded tonight. He has great purposes. I uh, want to just review a few of those things quickly tonight, get some of those classic passages into our notes that are, are good to, to memorize if we haven't yet. Um, why? The psalmist says, why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of, of, of the enemy? He's saying, he's asking, Lord, why are you allowing this trial? Now, listen, if this is David, um, are, are there some reasons why the Lord might allow this trial? Was there any sin in David's life? There was. He, he wasn't a perfect man. There was, of course, the sin with Bathsheba, which was not a small sin. It, it was a great sin. Uh, and, and certainly we can, we can look at Scripture and see, sure enough, David suffered trials uh, as correcting judgment of God for that sin. Uh, for, for that sin. We, we understand tonight, we can see many places in Scripture uh, Lord, Lord will correct. He, he will judge and, and correct through trials. He uses trials to encourage uh, confession uh, and repentance of sin. Of course, this is the major theme of the captivities that we're, we've been working our way up to um, in Isaiah, uh, as, as well as 2 Kings. Second, Wednesday night, 2 Kings, we saw Babylonians want, you know, finally conquer, just overran Jerusalem. Uh, and dragged most of the people off to Babylon. That's almost unthinkable, Brother Ray, but these are people who needed to be corrected and had refused the warnings uh, of the prophets. 
we know tonight as people who have all 66 books, the completed canon of scripture, uh, we, we know when we should re confess sin, repent of it, and forsake it in God's strength. When we choose not to, Mike, we, we can reasonably expect correction, right? A trial uh, that God will use uh, to correct us. Uh, we understand, of course, that whether or not there's sin in our lives that the Lord is trying to correct through trials, there is uh, throughout Scripture this recurring thing that he allows difficulties into our lives uh, to grow us spiritually. We understand that. Uh, you could, I'm, I'm sure most of us could probably give some references at least or, or quote the verses uh, where we see this idea, but, but get a couple down quickly, please. Uh, of course, there's Romans 5, beginning in verse 3. Romans 5, 3, and 4. Get this down, please. Uh, Paul's writing to the church members there at Rome. He says, not only so, but we glory in tribulations. We, uh, we celebrate trials and tribulations uh, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience uh, and experience hope. Paul, Paul said, listen, uh, we celebrate the difficulties that we've gone through uh, because the Lord has used them, of course, the case of Paul used them uh, to see churches, the gospel preached and churches established where people received Christ and, uh, and, and people discipled and, and built up in the Lord. Uh, Paul knew that God was working uh, in his trials, in and through his trials as he ministered, but also knew that the Lord was working in his own life personally uh, e even as the, the relatively mature uh, Apostle Paul, he, he was being grown spiritually uh, as he encountered trials. Of course, uh, you're familiar with James uh, 1, uh, verses 2, 3, 4. Uh, James, of, of course, uh, get this down, please, James 1, 2 through 4, uh, teaches the same. He says, my brethren, talking to saved people, brethren, count it all joy. Uh, when you fall into diverse temptations, temptations or trials, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have a perfect work that you may per be perfect and entire, uh, wanting nothing. Grown unto maturity uh, as we encounter trials that drive us to the Lord for all that we need. Uh, let's look at one more. Of course, you, you might be able to quote uh, these verses also. First uh, Peter 1. Uh, verses 6 and 7. Get that in your notes, please. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. Uh, Peter writes, Wherein uh, ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Uh, if you're going through a hard time because of uh, difficult trials, uh, the trying of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory uh, at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Peter understood as the Lord revealed to him that uh, he had gone through trials that grew his faith. And, and certainly you can see that there's a spiritual growth in Peter's life between the time of the Gospels and the time that he's writing under inspiration, uh, First and Second Peter. Lord used great trials in his life uh, to grow him spiritually. And so uh, he said, listen, you value trials as more precious than gold that perisheth. Uh, the growth, the spiritual growth that the Lord affects in our lives uh, through trials are to be valued as more uh, precious than gold. Lord, work in trials. Uh, if I, Lord, if, if, if you desire to grow me through a trial, grow me through a trial. Give me a heart to uh, value the trial, to rejoice knowing that you are at work. That's not natural, is it? That's not natural. It's not our natural inclination to say, oh, hooray, I'm sick. <laughs> or, oh, hooray, there's a financial problem. Or, oh, hooray, there's this trial there and this trial there. Sometimes trials on multiple fronts, right? It's not our natural inclination, but the Bible says, hey, recognize these things for what they are. God allowing trials in our lives to grow us spiritually, our patience our faith, our reliance upon him, 
our prayerfulness, uh, all good things. Brother Ray, the Lord knows what it takes uh, to grow us. Let's stop there for one second and ask you this. Do you desire to grow spiritually? It's a good question to ask yourself. Uh, hey, do I, do I actually care whether or not I grow spiritually? Am I content to be kind of where I am in my spiritual growth and just kind of, you know, float home to the Lord sort of as I am not growing? Um, I think tonight, if you're not really stopping to think about that sometimes, there is a temptation to become satisfied uh, with wherever we are on that path of spiritual growth and say, I've, I've grown enough. I'll just kind of plateau here and, uh, and, and ride on home. Brother, I don't think that's the Lord's will at all. Uh, and I think sometimes that's where Lord may allow trial in. You got content. Uh, to just kind of be here, but the Lord wants us to keep growing. Uh, of course, nothing adds to our salvation, right? We're not, we're not growing in the sense of, of that way, but um, he, he desires to grow our reliance upon him. He desires to grow us spiritually. Um, this be a, a main reason for trials. Um, correcting us, number one. Growing us, number two. There is another reason for trials that we see in Scripture that um, we probably don't talk about enough, and I don't, I don't think I've, I've taught or preached about this enough. Uh, would you turn to 2 Corinthians 1 quickly, please? We won't, we won't belabor this point, but I want to remind us uh, of this tonight. 2 Corinthians 1, um, Paul makes it very clear um, in, in this second inspired letter to the church members at Corinth that one of the reasons the Lord allows us to experience trials is, Brother Mike, so that we can know his comfort, uh, so that we, we can learn to look to the Lord for comfort and to then share that experience with others as they experience similar trials. That's one of the great purposes for trials that we see in Scripture. Um, shame on me for not bringing that out more often, but see it here tonight, please. 2 Corinthians 1, uh, in verse 3, Paul writes, Again, under inspiration, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all what? Comfort. Lord, comfort us. Who comforteth us, who comforteth us in all our tribulations. That, remember when you see that, you understand it as so that. There's a reason for that being given. God comforts us in trials, tribulations, that or so that, we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of or by God. Uh, that's, that's the big thing. Now, Brother Art, that, goes, that really goes back to uh, sort of the super theme this morning, love, right? Love, love, demonstrating love to brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, it is God's desire that... Um, Sometimes we experience trials so that we can look to the Lord for comfort and experience his comfort and then take that experience of, of God's comfort and lovingly uh, share that and therein encourage others who are going through similar trials. So uh, Lord teaches you to look to him for comfort in, in the midst of a discomforting trial. One of his desires is that you grow for sure but having grown yourself, you then take that experience to people who are going through other or similar trials and say, hey, listen, the uh, Lord has comforted me and, and I've been there. Uh, I can empathize with you because I've been uh, in, in the midst of a trial, maybe not exactly like yours, but similar at least. The Lord taught me to look to him for comfort. He comforted me. I'm going to share the com that comfort with you tonight. God comforted me as I looked to him. Um, that's been my experience, the truth of God's word. And so I want to encourage you uh, to do the same. Um, Lord, help us to get a hold of that. You, you desire to teach us in the midst of trials that we might teach others lovingly to seek you for comfort. By the way, is the Lord able to comfort you? Amen. For real? You just saying that? Are y'all just saying that? No, you're not. Uh, Brother Ray, the trial may continue. There may be physical pain. There may be financial pain. There may be any number of 
types of pain that, that continue. The Lord can enter into that equation and, and comfort us. And having experienced that, we go out and teach that to other people. Hey, God's growing you in the midst of that trial. Don't, don't waste this trial. Don't ignore this. You cry out to him in prayer. Seek his comfort. Allow him to grow you, to comfort you. So many Christians are so discomforted in the midst of trials simply because we're not, we're not made the habit of crying out to the Lord. Lord, comfort me. Lord, comfort me. Grow me, comfort me. Um, and as you do, as you grow me, I pray that will bring you praise, honor, and glory. Uh, as you comfort me in the midst of this trial, Lord, help people to see that. Maybe ask about that. And if they do, I'm going to tell them, it's my Lord. Yep, this is a big trial, but you know what? God's using this to grow me. And while he allows the trial to continue... Uh, he's actually comforting me so that I may continue. Jesus said his grace be sufficient, right, to endure. Uh, the Lord's comfort is a wonderful thing. People can see that as we benefit from it. And that could be a great encouragement to them. Hey, don't you want the same Lord that's able to comfort me this way? Uh, Christian, don't you want the same comfort? Why aren't you praying and crying out to the Lord in the midst of your trial and seeking his comfort, fellow believer? Uh, why are you so disquieted? Why are, why are you suffering so much emotionally, spiritually? Um, why are you so discomforted? Cry out to the Lord. Psalmist is going to ask himself that uh, in a moment. We'll see. Look at verse 4. He says, then I will go. He, so he, he's, now he's anticipating the Lord's answer. We saw a similar idea last Sunday night, Psalm 42. He's prayed. Um, he's asked a question. He's struggling with why this trial. No doubt the Lord's answering that, but he's, he's anticipating God's answer, Brother Mike, in verse 4. And so he says, Then uh, will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God. What are the last two words of verse 4? O God, my God, <laughs> my God my source of comfort, my source of strength. He's got some questions, but he's crying out to the Lord and he's, he has this wonderful confidence, no doubt this is a blessing, a wonderful confidence from the Lord that God's gonna hear his prayer. Uh, and so he anticipates responding to the Lord's response, how? Uh, well, praising the Lord. I will go unto the altar of God, unto my God, uh, my exceeding joy upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. You're going to worship the Lord. He's determining uh, even before the answer comes back from the Lord that uh, whatever that answer is, he's, he's going to praise God. He's going to worship the Lord, uh, his exceeding joy. Uh, even in the face of trials, God is his exceeding joy. He's going to worship God. He's going to stay humble. He's going to stay on his knees. He's going to stay, keep his heart bowed down. He's going to determine to keep himself humble before the Lord and, and to worship the Lord, uh, praising him for the answer to his prayer, whatever it is. Mike, he's going to do that because he, he knows the answer that he gets back is going to be the best answer. God's answer is always the best answer. It's the best answer. It's the most loving answer. It's the most correct answer. Uh, it's, it's the most Christ-honoring answer. It's, it's, it's the thing that will bring him glory. It's the best answer, whether it feels that way or not. Remember, our feelings will lie to us, right? Don't forget that. Lord never lies. His word never lies. But our feelings will lie to us. Sometimes you got to, as we saw last week, you got to start talking to your feelings, right? I'm not encourage you to go around talking to yourself, but you, you know what I mean. You got you to gotta kind of step in the middle there and say, hey, hey, feelings, hey, heart, there's some things we need to kind of get right here. That's what he does in verse 5. Verse 5 is almost identical to the last verse of the last psalm. There's only one word that's different. Uh, let's see verse 5. He says to himself, right? He's not praying to the Lord now. He says to, he says to himself, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you so down and, and depressed? Yep, there's a trial here, but you've, you've cried out to the Lord for strength and for an answer, and, and you've determined uh, before the God uh, who is your exceeding joy that his answer is going to be best and that you're going to praise him for it. So 
Why are you so down? He's kind of informing his emotions. Hey, heart, this, this, uh, this uh, downcastedness, Rich, that's not a word, uh, this depression, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't belong. It's, it's out of context. It doesn't fit here. Uh, it's, not, it's not right. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? It doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you kind of have to talk to your emotions, right? You have to kind of grab your heart and say, hey, mister, this doesn't make it, or, or miss, this doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense to be depressed, downcast, downtrodden. Uh, we're, we're crying out to the Lord. He's our strength. He's our joy. Uh, he, he's the one that's going to give us grace to endure uh, no matter what. So you kind of have to talk to your emotions and say, hey, straighten out. <laughs> uh, straighten out, self. This, this doesn't make sense. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Uh, and then he says to himself, but understand uh, tonight, this is really the Lord, right? This is really the Lord talking to the psalmist um, in his own heart, and the psalmist sharing this with us, right? Uh, he says, what's the answer? Right there in the middle of verse 5, what's that H word there, church? Hope. Hope! Why are you so down? Why are you so disquieted? Hope in God. Uh, do you have a, what kind of a hope do you have tonight, Brother Hart? Is it a, well, you know, I've put my faith in Christ and I think I'll probably be okay because of that. That's not our hope. We have a certain hope. I'll repent of sin, place my faith in Christ. My sins are forgiven. I'm not going to hell uh, no matter what. I've been made a new creature in Christ. Uh, I have a certain hope. Uh, I have a, a certain hope that God is my strength. I have a certain hope that uh, when trials come, the Lord is working in that trial to grow me. Uh, I have a certain hope as I cry out to the Lord for comfort in the midst of trials. Sure enough, comfort is available. His grace is sufficient for as long as it's needed, and that's all the way home, of course. Uh, his comfort is available. I can count on that. It's a certain hope. So he says, hope in God. This is, Micah, really, this is the Lord working in his heart. Hey, hope in God. Uh, you're not hopeless. Uh, we, we should be the most hope-filled, hopeful people uh, around. Sometimes you have to grab a hold of your heart and, and remind it. It doesn't make any sense uh, to be downtrodden, to be disquieted. Uh, you have a great hope. Choose to exercise uh, that hope. Brother Art, be kind of like um, um, a repairman who has tool belts. Uh, lots of, I don't know how to use tools, brother, but other people, you, you know, I don't have skills in that area. But pretend for a moment I did, okay? Uh, pretend I, I had a tool belt with lots of tools and I knew how to use them. I had knowledge of how to use them, but I didn't. Something was broken and I just left the tools on the belt or in the toolbox. That's me, right? They're in the tool. Brother Art, or Brother Ray, he's Brother Art, you're Brother Ray. If I don't pick up the tool and use it, it doesn't accomplish much, right? It's not going to accomplish much. Uh, if I don't remind myself sometimes, hey, I, I've got hope. I need to kind of grab a hold of it and apply it to my heart. Remind myself, we are not hopeless people. We have a great and certain hope. Uh, remind your heart, remind your heart, remind your heart. Hope in God. Uh, the psalmist continues, we're almost done here. He says, for I shall yet praise him. This is not the end of the line, he's telling himself. I'm going to praise him. Uh, even if it was the end of the line in this life, this side of heaven, uh, he has a wonderful confidence that he has eternal life in Christ. Uh, he's, he's, he has a, a hope of, of the presence of God and, and the wonderful ability to praise and, and worship the Lord no matter what, whether it's in this life, this side of heaven, or, or in the presence of the Lord in heaven. There's a wonderful certain hope here. By the way, we have nothing to fear. Amen? We have no, people live their lives being fearful of so much. doesn't make any sense. Uh, people live their lives being fearful of death. Uh, I understand that that's a natural fear of the process of dying. We're naturally afraid of that. But, uh, Brother Art, that the end of that process is not a bad thing for the believer, is it? 
when I draw my last breath on this earth, uh, my spirit will depart my body. Being absent from the body, it will enter into the presence of the Lord. That's my certain hope, and that's not a bad thing. Amen? Uh, Let's get a hold of that anew, afresh tonight, please. Uh, People live their lives fearing death. I'm not saying we should be, you know, take crazy risks or be poor stewards of our our life or anything like that. No, you you understand that. But uh, there should not be fear. It doesn't make sense. You've got to grab a hold of your heart, apply some scripture to it, ask the Holy Spirit to help you do that. Say, no, we're not going to be depressed. We're not going to be anxious. We're going to give our cares to the Lord and and we're going to trust in him. And when we struggle to do that, we're going to ask him to help us do that. Uh, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. Do that. <laughs> don't, don't just know that there's, apply that to your hearts. Uh, for I shall yet praise him, he says. No matter what, no matter where, uh, I, I'm going to have this wonderful privilege to praise God. He determined to do that back in verse two, 4. Uh, and he has a, a wonderful certainty that somehow, some way, some place, he, he's going to be able to continue that. He says, who is the health of my countenance? The Lord, his God, is the health of his countenance. And last two words of verse five, with me please, my God. He takes all of this and he applies it to himself. Uh, God is a God of comfort. God is a God of strength. Uh, God is a God who can deliver when he chooses from trials. God is a God who can grow people through trials, but he's not just that in a general sense, Brother Mike. He's that for us. He's that for people who have placed their faith in Christ for forgiveness of sins, people who know salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our God, and he is all of these things for us. We have that certain hope. Being disquieted, downcast, anxious doesn't, doesn't make sense. I know we find ourselves in that place, but we have answers for that place. We have tools to apply to those situations. We just open up the Bible and be reminded uh, of those things. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight for who you are. You're a God who is available to your people. Lord, thank you. That's extraordinary. It's amazing. We don't deserve that. Lord, thank you tonight that you're a God who is the strength of your people. Lord, thank you. We, we don't deserve that. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you tonight that your grace is sufficient. It's enough for us to continue on in the face of trials. Lord, we don't deserve that. Thank you for it. Lord, thank you tonight for the reminder that we're tempted to to wonder and to ask, why this trial? As the psalmist did in verse 2, why this trial? Lord, you've seen fit to reveal your purposes. We've seen them tonight. Thank you, Lord. We don't deserve to know the answers, but you've seen fit to reveal them to us. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, I thank you tonight for the reminder that we have a great and certain hope. Hope of not spending a moment in hell. Hope of heaven, the millennium, the new heaven and the new earth. The hope of coming into your presence and worshiping you in your presence, knowing great blessings throughout eternity. Lord, thank you for revealing that to us. We don't deserve that, but we thank you for it. Thank you for your grace. Father, I thank you tonight that when there's a trial, when there's trouble, we can pray. There's great power in prayer in times of trouble. Lord, thank you. Father, I suspect tonight that prayer is one of the most underutilized tools that you've given to believers. And that so much of our trouble is because of that fact. Lord, I pray tonight that you give us hearts 
to pray, whether there's a trial or not. Lord, to pray as our Savior taught us to pray. Lord, to be people who pray always. And people who know a strength in you because we've been faithful to pray to you. Lord, people who find a a great hope in you because we've been faithful to pray to you. Lord, of course, tonight we recognize that your word is another great tool that you've given us, certainly underutilized as well. Lord, give us hearts for your words. Help us to be people who are in our Bibles and on our knees, both. So many of the difficulties that we face spiritually, emotionally, Lord, we know tonight would be easier were we more faithful to use the tools that you've given us for your honor and for your glory. Or don't know tonight if we've been convicted in any certain way. Certainly, I know the preaching of your word does not return void. I know you have worked in our hearts somehow, some way tonight. I pray, Lord, tonight if um, anyone is convicted that they've strayed from the habit of crying out to you in the midst of trials, Lord, help us to confess that. Help us to look to you saying, Lord, help me to be prayerful when there's trials. Really prayerful. Seeking you for comfort, for strength, for hope, for peace. Praying specifically for each of our needs. Father, maybe there's someone here tonight who has never cried out to Christ for salvation. And so they cannot confidently say tonight, he's my savior. Lord, I don't know. I thank you for that summer night in 1977 when I heard the gospel and prayed a simple prayer. Lord, help me to repent of my sins and to place my faith in Christ and Christ alone for forgiveness of my sins. Lord, I know you saved me that night. Maybe there's someone here tonight who would say, I don't, I cannot remember a time when I've prayed to ask Christ to be my savior. So I'd like to get that settled tonight. Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Bible says, God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What do I need to do? Bible says, repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Turn from sin, turn to Christ, place your faith in him. Pray a simple prayer, Lord, help me to turn to you place my faith in Christ and know forgiveness of my sins tonight, to find a new life in Christ that he might be my Savior, my God. That's your decision tonight. I will not embarrass you. I will not call you out. I would like to pray for you. No one's looking around. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. If that's you tonight, I ask you to slip your hand up and slip it down. Pastor, that's my prayer tonight. I'm I'm crying out to Christ and asking him to be my savior. I'm placing my faith in him tonight. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? No one's looking around. Slip your hand up, slip it down. I will not call you out or embarrass you in any way. Pastor, that's me. I'm crying out to Christ tonight, asking him to be my savior. Would you pray for me? Lord, thank you tonight for the certainty of our salvation when we repent and place our faith in Christ, him alone. 
Lord, thank you tonight for the wonderful privileges that we know as believers. Lord, thank you tonight for the strength we find in you, for the hope, the certain hope we find in you. Lord, teach us to pray for these things when trials come, knowing that you are at work. Father, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. May I look up. Uh, thank you so much for being here tonight. I went a little late. You forgive me. Zach, you come close us in song, please. You close us in prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Thank you so much for being here tonight. All right, let's stand as we turn to 675. We'll sing the first and the last of the old account was settled, standing as we turn to 675. There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven all the count was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below. I went unto the keeper and settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. And the record's clear today for he washed my sins away. When the old account was settled long ago, and the last, O oh, sinner, seek the Lord, repent of all your sin, for thus he hath commanded, if you would enter in, and then if you should live a hundred years below, up there you'll not regret it. He settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away when the old account was settled long ago. Ah, yes, we have a happy birthday in order for Sister Raffi. Yeah. So. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. All right, and we'll pray to dismiss. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the encouraging words we heard tonight. Lord, I pray you would help us to apply them now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.